Welcome, friends and neighbors, to the Danger Room, the X-Men Comics Commentary Podcast. My name is Adam. And my name is Jeremy. And we are here to discuss the May 1979 issue of The Uncanny X-Men, released February 13th of 1979. It is issue 121, and it is titled, Shoot Out at the Stampede. Shoot out at the stampede, eh? Yeah. So it's a western in Canada, eh? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. what what is what is a stampede as like is this a location? Well, when we get into the comic book, we'll learn that the Calgary Stampede is called the greatest outdoor show on earth. It's a Calgary Stampede, the greatest rodeo, with the Bronx ropes and the bulls and the trucks and barrels too. The Calgary Stampede, the greatest rodeo, with the Grand Sanchos and the marching bands, the world-class rodeo. And during the year, well over a million people will visit the vast recreation, uh, recreational complex surrounding the fairgrounds. So the Calgary Stampede is some gigantic recreational thing to do. I just feel like a stampede is not a place <laughs> it's a thing but, it's a verb well it's a noun but it's 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 um it's a noun in this context but a stampede like if the horses are stampeding that's still a noun is it well if they're if they're stampeding then yeah that's that's a that's a verb watch out for that horse stampede like yeah. a, i don't know not a very a good english person is a group of horses that are charging or something like that yeah okay well, anyways, the cover of this comic book is uh, a spirally wintry time, day or night or something like that. And you've got Cyclops shooting at Vindicator and you've got Colossus flipping um, Sasquatch over his shoulder and Storm is shooting at uh, Snowbird. Wow, good recall on their names. <laughs> yeah, it took me a second. <laughs> I'm like, there's Wendigo and there's Bird Lady. Wait, that's not right. <laughs> uh, and it says, The X-Men battle to save Wolverine from Canada's fighting mad superheroes. And it also says, Alpha Flight attacks. So, yeah, that's about it. This is it. a cover by Dave Cockrum and Terry Austin. It's not a bad cover. I, I, I like it. I like it better than the last cover. And I like it better than the Moses Magnum cover. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good cover. I like it. I feel like the cover is adequate, but the colors could stand to be more dynamic. Okay. I'll go with that. That's my feeling. So we open up this book, and uh, they are at the Calgary Exhibition something or other. Can't tell what else, but it's the Calgary Stampede. And uh, Cyclops is blasting through a wall, and Colossus is punching at the wall. Well, they're gates. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> this is uh, authored and co-plotted and penciled by Chris Claremont and John Byrne, inked by Terry Austin, lettered by Diana Elbers, colored by Glennis Ween, edited by Roger Stern, and Ed Inchief is Jim Shooter. So they end up getting into the Calgary Stampede. And Cy or Colossus is wondering um, why they had to break those doors down. 
He thinks that storm could have flown us down or flown us in. Too risky, Colossus. Carrying both of us, she'd be a sitting duck. Besides, this way was much quieter. <laughs> um, yeah, no, he's 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 basically besides what what we've been through. I'm in no mood to be gentle, and uh, they basically are wandering towards uh, the middle of the Calgary Stampede to search for Wolverine and Nightcrawler and a guy in the shadows with long hair and what looks like a feather coming out of the back of his head. Shaman probably is. Uh, Looks like he's impressed that the X-Men are not giving up without a fight. He's happy that he can make sure that no innocents can get involved. He spreads some magic dust across the entrance, which will come into play later. Mm-hmm. He says that the entire Stampede Grounds will be sealed. See, Stampede Grounds, that makes sense to me somehow, but just Stampede, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think you're looking too far into that name. I'm just going to talk about it. All issue long. <laughs> Cyclops decides that this would be a good time to have a flashback to the last issue to just kind of catch us up, the reader, as to how they got to where they are. Um, we know all that, so we'll skip that. But what we didn't see is that... Um, well, I have a thought. Yeah? Stampede. <laughs> You're not going to let that one go, are you? <laughs> At Storm, uh, apparently Storm is able to follow the distinctive energy trail, and I'm not sure if that's like Shaman's distinctive energy trail, or or Wolverine's. Uh, no, it's um, it it is it is uh, Vindicators. Oh, because uh, they're discussing about how Cyclops and Colossus saw Vindicator flying away. Okay, and she says that she she sees that his power creates a distinctive energy trail, a disruption in the air that she thinks she can follow. Apparently she loses it a few times, but manages to somehow lead uh, Cyclops and Colossus to the stampede grounds. I've found them. So not, now we're all caught up. So uh, Wolverine and Col- or, I'm sorry, Colossus and Cyclops and Storm head closer to the fairgrounds where Colossus rips off some fencing so that they can get inside of uh, a stadium, I believe. They have a little dialogue about uh, why is this the right thing to do? If Wolverine is wanted by his government, should we really be interfering? But Cyclops reassures him that Professor X would never have tapped him for the X-Men if he was a criminal. Is the stadium the stampede or is the whole (laughs) thing the stampede? I don't know. (laughs) If you're this curious, you should have Googled it beforehand. I think the whole thing is called like the stampede recreational area and stampede is just like the name. What's the exhibition for? Well, like an exhibition center where they, you know, the farmers come and show off their cows and their cheese and stuff. (laughs) They show (laughs) off their cheese? Sure. Uh, Or their whiskey, their Canadian rye whiskey, maybe. Would you like to see my cheese or my whiskey? (laughs) Let's go to the stampede. We make cheese whiskey, too, eh? So it's when they get inside of the stadium that they see Nightcrawler and Wolverine tied up in the middle of the uh, 
what looks like an ice rink. It's got to be a stampede. It's got to be a hockey rink. Maybe it's <laughs> okay. the Calgary Stampedes and they play hockey. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Storm commented earlier that she thinks that uh, Nightcrawler and Wolverine are unconscious, but they don't look unconscious to me, but mm. I guess... Nightcrawler's eyes Nightcrawler's eyes are open. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, Cyclops just basically draws the bottom line and says, Storm, Wolverine is our friend, and whatever the cost is, the X-Men take their own, or take care of their own. And that's when a voice from off-panel says, an admirable sentiment, Cyclops, but this time... Oh, an admirable sentiment, Cyclops, but this time that may cost you more than you can bear, eh? Have some maple syrup. By the white wolf. By the white wolf. I think that's the first time that uh, Colossus says by the white wolf in the comics, Adam. I think he might be right. (laughs) He's never said it before. This is definitely the first time he's said it. Okay, well, now we finally get some official... this is the third first time. (laughs) (laughs) It's always going to be the first time. I know, it's great. (laughs) Uh, For the the first time, this time for sure, we we get uh, an introduction to the whole team together. Uh, Before, we were given kind of their their alter egos, um, but now we see them in costume full up. We got Northstar, Aurora, Shaman, Sasquatch, Snowbird, and Vindicator. And Puck. There's no Puck here. No, there's not. What the Puck? <laughs> Puck hasn't joined yet. <sighs> so, anyways, Vindicator, he's got no quarrel with the X-Men, eh? You can take your blue-skinned friend. We don't need him, eh? We just need the Wolverine. We need him for the stampede, eh? <laughs> We got to put him out on the ice. He's got to play with the great one, you know, eh? You're right. It definitely is a hockey rink because <laughs> yeah, the, the the shadows that the Alpha Flight is costing seem very icy. Yeah, of course it's hot. That's, that's all they play up there is hockey. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's at this time that Colleen Wing and Misty Knight show up at the Stampede. With, uh, with Banshee. Yeah, with a powerless Banshee, or at least he can't use his uh, powers because his throat's still all screwed up from the Jap- Japan and caper. Relax, Colleen. Maybe I can't use me sonic scream, but I've other skills. And he walks into an invisible wall. And he falls down. And they all are wondering. It's like the air itself has turned solid. So now we know what Shaman was doing. Mm-hmm. He spread the dust on the ground. Cyclops totally calls out Vindicator. It's like, last time you almost killed Moira McTaggart, not to mention us and our flight crew a few hours ago when Sasquatch scragged our plane. And that's when Vindicator says, I'm not too familiar with that word, scragged. <laughs> yeah, those were accidents, eh? Cyclops. You seem to have a lot of them. That... Ooh, burn! burn. <laughs> that changes nothing. Our orders are to get Wolverine. I feel like Canadians are way too polite to be kind of as uh, forthright here as uh, Vindicator is. Well, he's still being polite. I guess so. It's like uh, Colossus notices that North Star is making some subtle movements. 
and he has determined somehow that he's planning to move behind Cyclops. But first, Cyclops says about Wolverine going back to Canada, he says, whether he wants to go or not, that stinks, mister. Considering the odds, Cyclops, perhaps you'd better get used to the smell, eh? (laughs) It's bad dialogue. That stinks. Colossus thunders a foot down to the ground, shaking the earth. Beware, Cyclops, he says. Although, if you look at this panel and you look at the previous panels, there's no evidence at all that Northstar was going behind Cyclops. (laughs) You're right. In both panels, he is behind Vindicator, who is in front of Cyclops. Yeah, I don't know. It's like Northstar is just kind of looking away. But yeah, you're right. He does say he's moving behind Cyclops, but in both of these panels... He's clearly in front of all of the X-Men. So, I don't know. He uh, he also claims that he fears treachery. I'm no good at seeing when people <laughs> are taking advantage of the situation. I'm no good at reading. I'm no good at drawing. Well, last issue, no, the Moses Magnum issue was his turning point. So, I would, was kind of hoping that those I know good at this type of thing would go away. But one other thing that strikes me about this issue, not only like, so Colossus is talking about um, North Star, who I bet you uh, Chris Claremont and John Byrne probably did script to actually happen that way, but it's just not drawn that way. And uh, there's a lot of blank backgrounds that are just colored with a full color, you know, mm. a solid color, I should say, like the Banshee running into the walls, all white, Cyclops talking to Vindicators, all brown. The the background when Colossus thunders his foot is pink, and then uh, Sasquatch comes by and punches uh, Colossus. That panel is kind of like an orangish brown color. And if you go through this, uh, there's no back. There's a lot of these panels that just don't have backgrounds. And I don't know. It just feels like maybe he was a little overworked because one of the things I praised John Byrne for a few issues ago was just the amount of detail that he was adding to the backgrounds, and now it's just gone. So maybe maybe uh, Northstar is not behind Cyclops because John Byrne just wasn't paying attention or was just drawing too fast or he's got too many books on his plate. Yeah, but we know with the Marvel way that the words came after the like the story happens, then the artist writes like draws everything, and then the scripter fills in the word balloons. That's a good point. You got me there. So I just think. Chris Claremont is snoozing on the job. <laughs> well, he's he's probably writing a whole bunch of books at this point, too. Isn't he writing, like, Power Man? He's probably getting ready to write Alpha Flight. I think he is writing Power Man and Iron Fist at this point. In this X-Men book. He's probably, I don't know if he's writing anything else, but... Anyhow, moving on. Um, he fears treachery, Colossus does, and that's when Sasquatch punches him. Sasquatch, no, I want no fight. Says Vindicator. A little late for that, Jimmy. Nightcrawler bamps out of there. Storm says, Wolverine, you're awake. You got it, babe. Me and the elf were playing possum. For what reason? No idea. (laughs) (laughs) They were waiting for the moment to be right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Just waiting when the dialogue would work well for somebody to strike a nice uh, phrase. Storm takes off thinking to herself, why did Peter strike like that? It's unlike him to be so rash, which is a good question that will never be answered. Exactly. 
Snowbird uh, sees Storm flying away and says uh, that she'll handle her. The woman's airborne, eh, Windicator? I'll handle her, eh? (laughs) (laughs) And Shaman, he has kind of a little internal dialogue about how he was classically raised as a shaman, a medicine man, and his grandfather would never have approved of him going to the white man's medical school and blah, blah, blah. I wonder what he would say now if he saw me using the skills he taught me. Which begs a question I forgot to mention. Back when we got our full-page spread of the Alpha Flidians, uh, it says Canada's first team of superheroes, the culmination of a decade of intense research and development, and they think they're the equal of any super group on Earth. So... Intensive research and development. So are these not mutants? Are these chemically altered superheroes? Maybe it's a mixture. Because I thought Northstar and uh, Aurora were mutants. And I don't know about Vindicator, Snowbird, Sasquatch, or Shaman. Well, we know that Northstar is a mutant. but we, Right. Uh, so I would presume that Aurora is also a mutant, therefore. Right. right. So I got those two, but... The rest I don't know. And then with Shaman just saying, oh, I learned these skills from my grandfather, that just kind of tells me that he's a magic man. So I, I don't know. I just found that, that dialogue interesting. I thought they were Canadi- Canadia's, Ca- Canada's uh, mutant team, but I don't think that they are all mutants. That's why they had Puck sign up. They needed another mutant. Is Puck a mutant? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, anyways, <clears throat> continuing on with the story. Uh, this panel where Shaman creates these little, uh, I guess, wooden attack dogs kind of confused me. Yeah. Um, it makes sense now, but when I first saw this panel, I thought that he just threw one and it was transforming into these four different shapes. It does kind of look like that, but no, I think there's four different little wooden creatures. Yeah, it's definitely four different little wood. We we see them later, but Wolverine looks like he's just kind of watching. Yeah. Like, oh, how am I going to deal with this? Oh, here. I guess he's putting on his mask. Here come the wooden dolls. <laughs> Shaman, you one-trick pony. Could you come up with something original? Well, Cyclops calls on the team to form on him so that they can, uh, because he doesn't want Alpha Flight to peck him off one at a time, and he starts blasting away at the wooden dolls. Yep, he destroys one of them. And that's when Quicksilver comes out of nowhere and runs (laughs) behind Cyclops and punches him in the back of the head. Actually, I'm not sure who this is. It's Northstar. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Because I think later on we see Aurora doing the same power, which is basically just moving really fast. I could be wrong about Uh, that, though. But she also flies in the next panel, so. Does she? I don't know. It seems like her. Oh, it's in that next two panels where she flies away really quick and has those same kind of vertical lines to indicate her speed. So, I don't know. I just got confused. Like, who's who and who's doing what? (laughs) But I'll give it to you that uh, it's Northstar that punches Cyclops in the back of the head. And apparently Cyclops is down, thinks Nightcrawler to himself, and then bamps over to Aurora and says, Guten Abend, Fräulein, we meet again. Guten Abend, Fräulein. Oh, a tele... Wait, she's uh, French-Canadian. 
Uh, oh, what does that? What does that mean? She's not been Fraulein. Oh, it means good evening, Miss. Oh, okay. I thought that was a given. <laughs> I don't remember these German things. I thought maybe it meant where's the stampede, dear? A teleporter, eh? There, that's my <laughs> French Canadian. <laughs> Uh, and that's about as good as it's ever going to get. <laughs> and so Nightcrawler's got her, uh, his arms around her and he says, uh, I think that, I think that, I think the time has come to start the evening, uh, the odds, evening the odds in this fight. So I think he plans on taking out Aurora, but he also finishes it with Nicht wahr. Nicht wahr. Which means not true. And that's when we yeah. get our third foreign lesson from Aurora, who says, To do that, Monsieur Nacrolet, you have to catch me, eh? Uh, monsieur. And I love Google Translate's version of Monsieur. Uh, monsieur. Uh, monsieur. Uh, monsieur. <laughs> it's literally spelled M apostrophe S-I-E-U-R, and somehow it comes out as... Uh, monsieur. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, monsieur. Google Translate for French sounds very nasally. She slips out of her uh, Nightcrawler's arms like a Twinkie. Hmm, Twinkie. And I guess that he teleports up to her? Yeah, he goes after her. She zooms by and she says, And that's far easier said than done. Regarding her her comment that he'll have to catch her. Who's... He bamfs to her and says, Wanna bet? Okay. I was kind of confused as to who was saying what, but I'll go with that. Storm sees that Snowbird can fly as well as she can, and uh, she's keeping Storm away from the stadium. You may be a match. You may be a match for my human form, woman. But can even you stand against a giant Arctic owl? And she transforms into a giant Arctic owl. Yeah, one of the most frightening things I've ever seen on a comic book page. The devastatingly horrible Arctic owl. I find her mid-transformation stage kind of frightening, too. She, she, get, she gets giant anime eyes. Yeah, yeah, she does. That is kind of creepy. I didn't notice that. Um, but the giant owl here doesn't look giant. It looks like maybe the owl is the size of Storm's head. It kind of looks like a regular sized owl, but I mean, maybe that's, maybe most Arctic owls are very tiny. <laughs> yeah. A giant chipmunk. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's the size of a football. <laughs> what am I going to do? <laughs> Well, meanwhile, Cyclops uh, is taking out some of Shaman's wooden guys, and Sasquatch has got Colossus over his head. Sasquatch That's is Wolverine. A... Who did I say? You said Cyclops. Oh, yeah, you're right. Wolverine is... is in the next panel. Wolverine is Cyclops grows claws. <laughs> I got to say that that Sasquatch guy is really strong if he can just hold Colossus above his head with one arm. I think he's, you know, it's it's mid-movement, so... Uh, and is Sasquatch naked? Is that what's going on here? Well, he's got his little uh, fur cover pouch thing. <laughs> Did he just uh, uh, um, helpfully grow some uh, <laughs> convenient hair patches? 
Maybe he's wearing undies underneath his his soul patch. <laughs> okay, his, his little crotch soul patch that he's got going on there. Well, Wolverine is wondering that uh, why 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 all of a sudden we're coming apart like flaming amateurs, and that's when Shaman says, "The key is teamwork, Wolverine. We have it. You don't." Which is seems to me it's like classic Chris Claremont dialogue for some reason. I don't know. It, we have it. You don't. It. Yeah, I mean that. Sure, that sounds like Claremont dialogue to me as well. But it's it's also kind of a. It feels like it's a worn out theme with the X Men. It's like they're always like not doing teamwork, and that's how they well, come undone. The problem that I have with this is that Alpha Flight's not really doing teamwork either. They're all taking out the team one by one. Yeah, good point. Good point. And the other thing is that like. Alpha Flight's a new team. This is like probably their first mission, so you'd think that they'd be a little rustier. But yeah, meh, whatever. Um, the wind. X Men, though. Yeah, the wind is whipping up a little bit more. We learn. We get a um, scene of a city. I'm guessing it's Calgary, maybe. And. Uh, the wind is whipping up and the snow is whipping around because we got to remember that, uh, well, what we learn here is that when the shaman cast his spell, what he actually did was divert weather systems from the North Pole and brought it towards Canada to guide the airplane to the airport. And it's still just kind of in place and it's getting stronger. And he has lost control of it. He doesn't realize it yet, but now the storm has developed a life of its own. Correct. And even Storm, I think, earlier comments that, like, she can't use her weather powers because the storm systems have been too altered and she she doesn't want to mess around with it too much because it's already been messed around with. But anyways, we get this interlude of a couple of people that are in, like, that little sky needle thing and they're eating dinner and talking about their trip to New York it's three panels that I feel like could have been done in one, but that's true. The only uh, value of this is that John is John Byrne. Yeah. Well, I know. I know they enjoy doing little cameos of themselves, but come on, keep it to a panel or two. But the point of this three panel segment is to show that the wind is whipped up very strong and has now crashed through the windows uh, while they're eating their dinner. And Doris is a new look for Chris Claremont. D- Doris? I thought that was he, his wife or girlfriend or something. He was experimenting with a new phase in his life. Mr. <laughs> Claremont was. Oh. <laughs> trying on women's clothes. He had different uh, gotcha. hairstyle. He shaved his beard off. Got real thin, grew some boobs. He told everybody to call him Doris. <laughs> uh, anyhow, so elsewhere, uh, Colossus and Sasquatch are still fighting it out back and forth. Nothing much to really say there. Wolverine Causes gets hit over the head. Wolverine has also noticed that uh, the weather's starting to match this fight. It stinks, <laughs> which apparently is the word of the day. <laughs> Shaman's riding. Shaman is riding around in the air like cross-legged uh, or Indian style, if you will. <laughs> Native American style. Yes, yes. <laughs> and he is uh he's just slightly above the ground. It's kind of silly looking. Wait a minute, he wouldn't be Native American, he'd be Native Canadian. 
Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Jeez. Like, I can't even be politically correct when I want to be politically correct. <laughs> I should have known Hudson wouldn't let me go. I probably cost too flaming much money. Like the $6 million man I've been here. <laughs> I just wish I was going this route alone. I, I just... want the X-Men scragged out of my account. So Wolverine and Cyclops are both using the same terminology in this issue. They both said stinks and they both said scragged. Huh. I wonder if Jean Grey has like mentally linked them somehow <laughs> due to their love of Jean. She has somehow put their thoughts into, I don't know. <laughs> it's probably just lazy writing too. Hudson that... Vindicator blasts at Wolverine and says, it's Vindicator to you, Mr. A. Quit being stubborn, Wolverine. Say the word and this battle's over. Yep. And actually, what Cyclops does say here, North Star is as fast as Quicksilver, almost impossible to hit, especially with his head still ringing from the punch he gave him, because North Star's still flying around. He's not really doing anything, he's just flying around. <laughs> and he sees, uh, Cyclops sees Colossus swinging at Sasquatch and says, Colossus! You don't win a fight with your fists alone. You've got a brain, man. Use it. Duh. That's some serious leadership there. Well, at some point you got to be like, for God's sakes, man, apply some of the training I've been giving you. And so Colossus does. He takes the punch that uh, Sasquatch is swinging at him and uses it to his advantage in a judo move, which he flips Sasquatch over his shoulder. I am good at judo. <laughs> Finally, I find something I good at. <laughs> I would write sister, but I no good with words. <laughs> we uh, cut back to Calgary again, where there's some people outside a place called Grandpa Takes. Mm. I, I, I want to know what that is. <laughs> Grandpa Takes. You just go there and there's this old man. It's like, give me that belt. <laughs> but it's my belt. Grandpa takes. <laughs> Grandpa sees. Grandpa takes. They don't like this store. Why do we keep coming here? <laughs> we flip back inside of uh, the Stampede, and uh, Aurora and Nightcrawler are going back and forth. She's flying. He's teleporting. Uh, but he does get to kiss her, which is kind of nice. If times were different, this would be fun. But they aren't. I wish I was more like my brother Jean-Paul. I wish I was into women. I mean, <laughs> he's been a scrapper from the day he was born. Me, at heart, I'm a lover. And Nightcrawler must have heard her thoughts because he bamps in front of her and kisses her on the lips. Fraulein. And disappears again. Boo. You, you elf. Daddy ho Telly ho <laughs> I don't know that I've ever that's more of like guy dialogue there me I'm not a fighter I'm a lover it's kind of weird to see that same dialogue coming out of a woman well not that it can't work it's I don't have a problem with it but it's just you generally don't see women being written that way wasn't it Michael Jackson who said it what I'm a lover not a fighter Paul <laughs> I have no idea maybe Michael, when, when she, after she loved me, she said she couldn't love another. I don't know what you're quoting. <laughs> so Wolverine and Vindicator are 
scrapping just like old times? Just like old times, eh, Jimmy? You never gave me a chance about being changed or about joining your tin pot Yukon Avengers. Why should you start now? So Vindicator was in on Wolverine's change, it seems, based on this dialogue here. Yeah. But he does go on to say, Hey, Heather and I gave you a home, a chance to be a human instead of a feral wild child you'd been, eh? If you're anything today, it's because of me, eh? What I am, Vindicator, is free, and I'm going to stay free or die. And I feel like, I mean, I should know this, but I'm pretty sure that there's, uh, eventually we get the story of uh, him hanging out with Heather and Jim, or James, rather. Yep. So that happens. Uh, but And that's when James gives him Wolverine uh his jacket <laughs> yeah really and wolverine drives a motorcycle over a helicopter yeah i remember that from the comics <laughs> yeah and i think they were old they were really old if i, if I don't yes. yeah yes <laughs> okay <clears throat> anyways so they after this kind of back and forth little dialogue they all now notice that the weather is completely out of control it, Snow is turning to ice and falling like knives or rifle bullets. Well, which is it, Chris Claremont? <laughs> knives or rifle bullets? You can't have both, buddy. <laughs> Shaman, what's happening, eh? I don't know, Vindicator. Eh? And <laughs> above the fight, Storm and Snowbird really haven't gotten the message. Storm knows that the, the, uh, that the Storm is out of control. So she decides to wrap up this fight. What I would think would be quickly, but it takes four panels for her to actually do it. She decides that she's going to use her cape as a bag uh, to capture Snowbird, the owl, because the unstable molecules will hold, and therefore the claws of Snowbird's owl won't be able to cut through. True. Which I'm like, wow, that's, I mean, I get the whole idea behind unstable molecules. They can kind of move and they're insulating and stuff. But really, you can just like hold people and things inside of them and they can't escape. Like that, they should just do that all the time. Look, there's Magneto. Put your cape around him. We got Magneto. <laughs> Hooray. Well, yeah, it's kind of odd. So she flies, she drops off Snowbird in her cape. And now she has decided that the only way... To put this storm out is if she tries herself. Uh, she once, only once before, tried to take control of a storm like this, and she almost died. But this time, she dares not fail. Now, is that a reference to something, or is that just something that we'll never see? I don't think it's a reference to anything. I think it's just something we'll never see. Because they don't, they don't give us a backstory, like so it's not like... See X Men right. one eleven. That yeah, they probably covered it in X Men: The Hidden Years. It's probably that one adventure that they did that I just glossed over. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I don't recall it being in the pages that we've read. So, well, Storm does get her act together. She pulls a phoenix, and she's able to pull the storm together and uh, turn it off. 
And she goes to land and she thinks the storm was more powerful than I thought. Forced me to tap into the electrical potential energy of the earth itself. I never want to try this again. And she gets punched in the back of the head by a dirty rapscallion North Star. It's not Quicksilver? I think Quicksilver just joined the fight. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if it is Quicksilver, Cyclops thinks it's North Star and then shoots him in the head. And Cyclops just loses it. You lousy little storm rister life for your misbegotten country. Or did you think that blizzard that your shaman created blew away by itself? Pray she isn't hurt badly, North Star. As it is, you're going to lose some teeth. (laughs) (laughs) That's serious. And that's when uh, Wolverine grabs Cyclops' rapidly approaching fist and says, No, Psyche. What what gives Wolverine? I thought I'd be the one holding you back. I thought I'd be the one holding you back. Yeah. Well, well, life's funny like that. Throwing your curves when you least expect them. I checked RRO. She's fine. Only stunned. As of now, this fracas is finished. He goes on to say that, like, he should have given himself up earlier, but the fight got out of hand. He was enjoying the fight, but, uh... You're an X-Men Wolverine. Your fights are ours. I appreciate that, boss. More than you know. But I ain't gonna see my friends chewed up on my account. Cyclops drops a single tear. Friends? Colossus starts doing a slow clap. You made the right decision, Wolverine. Now let's go, eh? I'll let the X-Men go once you get into my paddy wagon, eh? And poor Banshee, outside, he's like, Well, 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 I'll give it one more try to see if the shield is still up. And so he goes to push on it. Rather than, like, kind of slowly creep up on it and, like, feel for it, he goes full weight towards the shield and falls through and lands on his hands and knees. So that's twice he's gotten the brunt of the joke. He he lives in... He lives, he lives with danger. <laughs> he's a risky fellow. Danger's my middle name. Sean Danger Cassidy. <laughs> and so the paddy wagon shows up and uh, Nike, or, uh, Banshee's hoping that it's not for the X-Men. And it's not. It's designed for Wolverine. There's a guy here who's like, this cage was especially designed for you, Shorty. You couldn't bust loose in a million years, eh? Of course, you're so dumb you'll probably try, eh? You always had a big mouth, Garson. Whoever that is. <laughs> Keep flapping it around me, and your wife will be a widow before time. I'm not even married, eh? <laughs> wow, that's, he, he just threatened this guy's wife. No kidding. Well, he threatened him. Like, your wife's fine, but she's not going to have a husband anymore because I'm killing you. Oh, oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> that's not as bad, but still. It'd be worse if he was like, you better be quiet or you're going to be a widower. Be like, what? Jeez, what's my wife got to do with this? Leave her out of this. Yeah, that's that's how I read it. So, <laughs> well, Colossus wants to know, like, why are they taking away Wolverine like that? He's he's not an animal. They should not. They should not treat him like that. I know. They are not so lucky as we, Colossus. They know only the surface Wolverine. They know nothing of his true self. Eh. 
<laughs> Nightcrawler's gone Canadian. I've been in this country too long, eh? Let's go get some <laughs> hockey. So they, uh, the X-Men are finally going home. They've got a jet. Uh, we don't know who's jet, but they're in an airplane, and they're getting a escort by the uh, Canadian Air Force. Maybe the Canada repaired their airplane. Oh, I suppose that could be. And uh, Nightcrawler points out that they've been watching them like hawks all morning. You'd think they'd trust us more, but uh, looks like looks like we're getting close to the border. They are turning back. All right, X-Men. We have two alternatives. We can go home or go back after Wolverine. If we do the latter, I wouldn't make book on our chances. But the way I see it, we have to try. Any objections? I'm in, Scotty. And I, Scott. Me too. I as well, Tovarish. Annie, change of course, whoever Annie is. Like, are Colleen and Misty with them? Because I don't see them anywhere. Yeah, they're somewhere in there. They were in the last panel with Banshee. Mm, good point. Head for the Rockies as soon as it's feasible. Drop below radar cover and head north for Canada. We're going to rescue Wolverine, whether he wants us to or not. I wouldn't do that if I were you, bub. Huh? Wolverine? What the blazes are you doing here? What's it look like? I'm riding home in style and jawing with a pretty girl. But how? The truck? I I thought... Yeah, so did Jimmy Hudson. Triple is the cage ain't been built, ain't been built that can hold me. I'm the best there is at what I do. <laughs> what I do isn't very nice. <laughs> Let's just get all of the cliches out of the... <laughs> well, they, uh, Cyclops wonders what about next time. Wolverine says, don't worry about tomorrow, man. I take each day and each moment as it comes. No questions and no regrets. Which I say, like, (laughs) you want to get high? (laughs) To which I say, like, look, we just kind of had, like, a Wolverine on the very last page just be like, no, this is my fight. I walked this alone. I I got myself into this mess. I'll get myself out of this mess. And now he's like, you want to get high? (laughs) <laughs> like, you don't tell me what to do. I take each moment as it comes. But anyways. I have a feeling that this is actually a mystique. <laughs> it could be. But if you're so flaming glad to see me, psych, show it. Let's break out the drinking stuff and celebrate. Because the X-Men are getting drunk. <laughs> no, I mean, the X-Men are going home. Why is this word balloon all sketchy? Because I think he's like, the X-Men are going home. Did he drink really fast already? He's just, yes, when I got home, <gasps> have me one of those fast fall specials. <laughs> Next issue, cry for the children yeah. or die. <laughs> so there you have it. Um, on the one hand, I'm glad they're out of Canada because I guess I find Alpha Flight kind of boring. What do you mean, eh? <laughs> they're exciting. They're like a like a hockey match. A drunken hockey match, eh? They're like maple syrup in my pants. <laughs> you can't beat that now, can you? Uh, but on the other hand, I'm glad that they kind of wrapped it up really quickly like that. Because as I was reading it, I was like, what happens next? Like, I've read this issue before. Do they drag this Canada thing out too? And then, you know, you get to the last page and you're like, okay, they don't. Thank God. <laughs> 
Like, it's been enough time. It's time to go back to the mansion, the danger room. Hopefully we can get this whole Jean Grey thinks you're dead thing taken care of and kind of get back down to business. Are you kidding? Jean Grey's in Muir Isle. They're not going to bump into each other for decades. <laughs> It'll be less than decades. It certainly <laughs> won't be next issue or probably the next three issues, but should be soon. Uh, the X-Men aren't going to make it home. They're going to get stopped in, like... uh tucson arizona spoilers i looked ahead they make it oh i know <laughs> oh i was just making it more exciting oh uh, yeah 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 well i i think i think everybody's had enough excitement i think that was a a very very long uh detour in getting i mean they started in magneto's volcano and have done all of these other things since it's pretty amazing yeah. So that uh yeah, that takes us well, we didn't get any e uh, mail uh this time round. Uh but if you would like to join in the fun, you can go to www.xmenpodcast.com, facebook.com forward slash Xmen Podcast, uh Twitter, you can follow us at Danger Room Go. You could email us at dangerroom at redcapproductions.com. You can go out to the iTunes page. You can just go into iTunes, type in Danger Room, and leave us a little comment, a little review. Give us some stars, hopefully in the five-star area. Uh, yeah, all sorts of good good ways to, to get a hold of us. You know that we're not shy about reading your emails on our show. Yeah, we're, we, we love doing it, actually. It makes the shows more fun for us. I look at it like a letters column, you know? Yeah, if it's good enough to post a letters column in a comic book, by gum, it's good enough to include in a podcast about comic books. Look, if you don't write us letters, we're going to start reading the letters from the X Men's page, okay? And then we're going to pretend that they were written to us. And every time they say, "I'll write you a letter," so writing each other letters. Every time they say, "Dear Chris and John," it's going to be, "Dear Jeremy and Adam." I really liked X Men One Twelve. I thought you did a brilliant thing. And we'll be like, "Yeah, we are very creative, aren't we?" Well, which one is which? Um, that's a good question. Because we have to substitute each other's names for each one. I think I get to be John. No, I think I get to be Chris Claremont. I think you're the John Byrne of our duo. Why's that? I don't know. <laughs> it just seems to be how it works. Why do you think mm. you're the Chris Claremont and I'm the John Byrne? I take either. I just they're both they're both talented dudes. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like John Byrne creates kind of like the architecture by which everything else flows through. Without John Byrne, Chris Claremont doesn't have anything to say. So there you go, Adam. You're like the architect of the podcast. You create the framework. But John Byrne goes away at some point. Yeah, and then you'll be Dave Cockrell. Are you planning on replacing me? Well, Adam, I didn't want to tell you, but I, I met this young man named John Romita Jr., and I, I think he might be a better fit. He's not that young. <laughs> well. <laughs> I don't know what he tried to convince you of, but don't buy it. We were drinking heavily. Um, also, go out to, um, well, you can go out to the Facebook page or you can go out to X-Men Podcast and you can check out a video game review that yours truly put together. It took me months and months and months to create 
uh, it's a little long, but it's it's good times. It's uh, about an X Men video game. So if you like the X Men and video games, you should go check it out. How's that? I saw it. I liked it. There you go. That's that's two votes for the video. I saw it. I liked it. <laughs> so that will take us to the classic X-Men portion of the show. And I have good news for you, Adam. What's that? This is the last issue that features touch-ups to the main story. Really? Yes. Oh, I'm going to miss those so much. <laughs> I'm not. So from here on out, classic X-Men, the main story is pure and untouched. Well, let's get this over with then. Yes, let's do that. So classic X-Men number 27 from November 1988. On the cover, it is the ghostly shapes of Alpha Flight who are looking over some incapacitated X-Men. And I like this cover. It's Yeah, I would say that this cover is better than the uh, than the other cover. It looks like uh, Kieran Dwyer and Terry Austin worked on the front cover. I like Kieran Dwyer's signature, too. Where is it? It's right next to Terry Austin's signature. It's underneath the UPC signal. It's all those triangles. Oh. I'm like, there's like an 88, but I don't see Kieran Dwyer. Okay. That is a good yeah. signature. It's like, an, it's like a 3DM it looks like two K's and a D. I'm sure that's what it's supposed to be. So. Yeah, it's nice. Good on cool. you, Kieran Dwyer. And then the inside page, we get uh, Colossus, I'm sorry, Wolverine and Vindicator fighting, and then a picture of, of Wolverine with uh, President Reagan drinking a beer. President Reagan? I'm not sure who that is, but... It's some guy that's drinking a beer that kind of looks like Reagan to me. A younger Reagan. You don't think it's Colossus? It probably is Colossus. I don't know. It's like a Polaroid, though. Oh, it's probably James Hudson. Oh, you're probably right, right? From back in the day. Like, first they were friends, and now they hate each other. The irony. <laughs> okay, well, let's get this thing over with. Um... All right, page one. There's a lot more words here. Are there? Yeah. You're right, there are. They added, they added Calgary, one of the premier cities of western Canada, gateway to the northern Rockies, arch rival of Alberta's provincial capital, Edmonton, 183 miles north of Up Route 2, a big, brash, booming frontier metropolis, and proud of it. And then they also added Cyclops, leader of this band of outlaw mutant heroes, Strikes with the optic force beams, while Colossus uses the awesome strength of his armored body. They and their companion Storm, soaring overhead, have come seeking a pair of kidnapped teammates, Wolverine and Nightcrawler. And they're not about to let anything, or anyone, stand in their way. Whew, whew. That was a lot of words. It was like needlessly inserted in there. I was so excited about this being the last touch-up issue, I don't even read that. Or notice. <laughs> it seemed like there were a lot more words, so I, I double-checked. And, and apparently there were. And there were. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess if, well, it's too late now, but in retrospect, since this this is the last issue with touch-ups, like, if I were to do it all over again, I think, first of all, I didn't realize at the beginning that there were any changes, and then secondly, I didn't realize that there were as many changes as there actually were. I think I would, starting from issue two, because one's kind of a redo altogether, start from issue two and actually do, like, a side-by-side comparison and figure out, like, which word balloons are different. Hmm. But I'm not going to do that because we're past that. <laughs> so, but someone else could do that, and we would promote your podcast. Oh no, you can't do a podcast. You should just like post the pictures or something, or or do like a scribing thing where you like this is what it was and this is what it is, and then we. Oh, would, that's a good idea. Yeah. Maybe we could do like a panel by panel comparison over the next like ten years, and <laughs> just like put them on Facebook or a fan could do it or something. I would much rather have a fan do that. That that seems like a good piece of work to outsource, if you will. Um, So we turn our attention to page number four, where the comic book decides to insert basically a subplot to this comic book. Which basically involves Mr. Hoggarth, who you informed me last issue is the rich lawyer dude. I believe he is uh, Hogarth? The, the lawyer of Danny Rand. Yeah. So somehow, I mean, it was like yesterday or something that the airplane was destroyed. And in a day where we don't have email and long distance call costs an arm and a leg, like how did he make his way up there this quickly, especially with this giant snowstorm going on? Well, he's in Ottawa, so maybe that's closer. Okay. I don't know. So I'll give you that. All right. So Hogarth, he can make his way there. And they have like a little back and forth about like, you can't do this. I demand reparations for my damaged airplane. And they're like, nothing doing. Hey, you can't wake the uh, the prime minister. So next shows up the ambassador from Japan. Because <laughs> ap- yeah. apparently with one day notice, he is able to fly himself over. Well, and... no, he's probably the local ambassador. Yeah, but he's not in Calgary. Oh, I guess. No, you're right. This is in Ottawa. Okay, fine. So he makes his way there. I want the foreign prime minister, the foreign prime minister now. And then I I guess. Well, later the U S ambassador will show up too. So it's like, Jesus. Well, okay. So Hogarth wants to see the prime minister. And then the ambassador, Sarazawa wants to see the foreign minister. So they go into the foreign minister's office, and later they call the prime minister. There's a lot of ministers. Yeah, I've just been telephoned minister by the emperor personally. Who are these ladies with Hogarth, and why do they get to go into the office? I don't know. At first I was like, is that Colleen Wing and Misty Knight? But I don't think it is. No, it's not. No. Uh, and so apparently the emperor of Japan is like the X-Men are national treasures, which rightly so. I mean, they saved Japan from Moses Magnum. Um, but yeah, so 
they're all mad at uh, Canada and the guy that was getting yelled at, who I guess I'm not really sure who that is, the guy with the beard there. He's um, That guy is a secretary. <laughs> who's, the, who's the balding guy then? That's the foreign minister. Okay, so the foreign minister leans over to the aide or secretary guy and was like, Blasted Keats, I thought you assured us everything was under control regarding the Weapon X situation that the cabinet was briefed on earlier today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Canadian politics at their best. So then we move through the comic book and we get ourselves to page uh, 12. Also, they add Puck in to what? page 6. You make me go back. No, I made it up. I was going to say, like, wait a minute. I could totally see them doing that, being like, hey, I'm here, guys. Well, I just got knocked out. So now the American ambassador has showed up, and he's like, what the devil are you people playing at in Calgary? The foreign minister is like, this... Yeah, this is an internal matter, ambassadors, Mr. Hogarth. The apprehension of a criminal fugitive, eh? Somebody points out, I think it might be the American ambassador, uh, who's a lady, who says, don't you see what's going on outside? This this is exceptional storm. Oh, you, do you think that's the uh, the American ambassador? I do. I could be wrong. I'm not really sure. Yeah, I guess you must be right. And she's, she's all upset uh, because she's saying... It's going to be snowing in the Caribbean by tomorrow. I'm sorry, Henry, if this is the cost of reclaiming your precious Weapon X. It's too high. It may already be too late. And that's when the foreign minister calls the prime minister. And we cut back. Yep. To our X-Men. They, they do all their fighting. And then they and get on the On page airplane. 14, um, when... Uh, Vindicator says, Heather and I gave you a home, a chance to be a human instead of a feral wild man. You've been, if, if, if you're anything today, it's because of me. Well, now Wolverine says, modest Mac, as always, what I am. And now he doesn't say Vindicator. He says, Bub is free. Mm. Yeah. And the lettering is completely different. So that's, that's how I noticed it. It's a total dead giveaway. <laughs> And so we go to page 18, 19 rather, which is, I mean, 20. <laughs> I'll get it right at some point. <laughs> uh, the Alpha Flight, uh, they're, they're, they had to clean up from the storm, so the Mounties didn't have the time to mount a proper search for the escaped Wolverine. And now it's just way too, lucky, or way too late to, to do a search because, well, he's long gone by now. Sasquatch says something amazing, isn't it, Garson? How quickly a million years can pass. But you were right, though. Wolverine was too dumb to know escape was impossible. Just like the truck designers were too dumb to realize that no matter how hard they try, no cage can hold him. Just like he said earlier. <laughs> uh, we had to try, Sasquatch, and we'll have to try again, eh? 
But it turns out the prime minister calls and they're not going to get a chance to try again because as far as Alpha Flight is concerned, Vindicator, I'd consider the ramifications of this incident very carefully. If having a national super team means absorbing such potentially catastrophic fiscal liabilities, you and your compatriots may become a luxury Canada cannot afford. So the hunt for Wolverine is off. No more. No more Alpha Flight will be chasing Wolverine. And I guess that they probably inserted that in there because this storyline just dies. It never goes anywhere in the main continuity, if I recall correctly. Uh, I, I, I guess so. <laughs> or, I would rather not know. I mean, it doesn't make that much of a difference, I, I don't think. It but. doesn't. And, and yeah, maybe more than likely, this also could be a callback. So maybe next time Alpha Flight is in the pages of Wolverine or X-Men or vice versa, they say, oh, the prime minister called off the hunt. Don't worry about it. We're not after you anymore. And that's how they built this three-page story. But either way, it probably didn't need to exist. And the other thing is that, like, what we learn about the X-Men in the future is that they're not exactly celebrated heroes as much as those prime or those uh, foreign ministers were like, they're national treasures. They saved like the emperor's himself once the X-Men released. They're very popular in Japan. Yeah. So I don't know that. Well, whatever. It is what it is, but, uh, moving on, we have a story by Ann Nocenti and drawn by John Bolton called Backlash. Backlash. And there's a dude who's mopping up and he drops some Drano or something down the drain. He's singing a song. And out comes My the- mama done told me when I was in knee pants that women are two faced and blurp. Huh? Ay! A giant, a giant hairball comes out of the sink and eats him essentially hairball with teeth yep and so we get to basically the only page of this comic book that i like <laughs> which is cyclops is at this place called the big burger and he's ordering hamburgers for himself and two people that we don't know yet and we get a little bit of backstory about how this burger joint was put up in the shadows of a chemical factory because the owner was like, that's is the only place there is to eat. We'll make a fortune. But then the chemical factory was shut down, so now like nobody comes there for burgers. But there's a couple of weird artist-type people that live on the second and third floor of the chemical plant, but they don't eat burgers. They're just a bunch of vegans. A bunch of jerks. <laughs> And that's when he's sidetracked by his burger flipping and says, wow, what a looker. And Scott says the redhead. Yeah, she your gal? Sure is. Jeez. Now, I guess since there's only one other person there, he could have been referring to Wolverine, but. (laughs) He doesn't have red hair. (laughs) Well, he says, uh, hey, wow, what a looker. And Scott could have been like the, the guy with the mask-shaped hair. <laughs> the guy with the beard, the mutton chops. You think he's a looker? Yeah, I mean, I guess to each their own. And, you know, I mean, John Bolton never fails when he draws Jean. She's always very attractive looking and it's no different here. But basically the gist here is that Wolverine is like, 
Come on, cut the act, Gene. There's something going on between us. A current. Electricity. It's a two-way current, baby. You may live, <laughs> Scott, but you want me. I do, I do not. Look, you can't just suppress things. You can't shove your desires into dark corners of your mind and expect them to lie there quietly and behave. You've got to deal with it. Okay. Or there'll be a backlash, as they say in the title. <laughs> Something bad down a drain. Ooh, that's, that's alliterative. It is, like flushing something bad down a drain. It's got to come back sometime. Bury it and it'll get you back. This episode of Craptacular X-Men is filled with references to itself. Okay, Logan, I'll deal with it. One of us has to leave the team. Leave the X-Men. What? Huh? Wait, no, no, I was just hoping that we... Uh, no, that's not what I was saying at all. <clears throat> Cyclops comes out with the burgers and says, Howdy, kids. Totally oblivious to what's going on. What are you staring at? Come on, let's eat. Something's happening in the factory. I felt a psychic lash. Come on. I'll carry you. She picks them up with telekinesis and Cyclops drops the burgers. No, all of that burger talk and now they don't even get to eat the hamburgers. So they make their way to the factory. Uh, there's a, the janitor who had the Drano is running away. I knew it. I knew it. I told them they should have cleaned up the chemicals. There's a maze of pipes and machines and old chemicals down there. They've been. I told them I'd shoot. Why didn't they believe me? <laughs> They've been busting and brewing and belching and breeding for years, and now it's grown some horrible monster. Wolver That's true. So Scott goes up, Wolverine and uh, Marvel, well, Phoenix, I guess, go down into the underground to go deal with the creature. Yeah, it's kind of like the thing. If you remember that John Carpenter film, it's just kind of spreading out all over the place. That was a remake of a film. Yeah, but that thing didn't have a giant creature that spread out all over the place. It was just a dude in a suit. Oh, I wasn't there a creature, but we just never saw it? Well, that could be. I don't remember. I don't know if I ever saw the original. And, well... Uh, they even remade the remake, didn't they? No, they... <clears throat> excuse me. They made a prequel to the remake. Oh, okay. Which I watched, and then it was like, okay, it's a, it's a, it wasn't good, but I was like, this, it's a prequel. I get it. It's a prequel. Hmm. Um, anyhow, uh, so Gene is trying to really like, we got to solve this mystery and, and kill the bad guys and save the good guys. And Wolverine just can't stop making, uh, innuendo. <laughs> I love the darkness. Let's go down this tunnel. Swell after you. Blasted. I can't see. Really? Fuse just fine from here. Don't do that. Don't do what? Touch me. Well, he wasn't, but. The, he wasn't. It turns out that one of the hairballs is touching her. Snick it. Squitch. I'll rip the boogers to shreds. The what? No, stop. They'll only multiply. Logan, there are scores of them. I will describe what I'm doing and use a telekinetic force field to shove them back. Um. Then they go on. The artwork in this is really good. Um. And it's it's reminiscent also of Aliens, too, I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so if you like that kind of... I don't of, like that Wolverine is a dirty perv in this. 
Basi- episode. Basically, this is they. There's some other guy here that looks like Wolverine that's just constantly flirting with Marvel Girl or Phoenix. He's coming on way too strong, and she's not appreciating it right now. And I don't know. Women don't go for this sort of thing. No. He's not even doing the tough guy thing. He's just being a jerk. Kind of, yeah. He's just being all up in her face. and He's not even really kind of being flirty so much as jerkish. Yeah. Uh, and he's not doing anything to get them out of the situation. Hold still. I sense them nearby. Oh, yeah. Let me just move a little closer here. Basically just trying to get closer and closer to Gene. They start uh, um, kind of circling around them, and it's pushing Gene's uh, telekinetic shield closer and closer, which is driving Gene and Wolverine closer and closer to one another, to where they're essentially on top of one another. Wolverine's like, oh, why, why should we kill this thing? I like it. I like danger. It'll be fun. Let's go with it. Logan, do you mind? Move your knee. I don't even know what that means. Like, is his is his knee, like, pushed up into a crotch or something? I don't know. It doesn't look like it in the previous panel. It but. doesn't. But So, I mean, they're all sweaty and Gene's drawn kind of seductively. Wolverine kind of looks a little bit clownish, but. Gene scans for Scott's mind and learns that he has evacuated the building. So now she can use her uh, a telekinetic force blast to shove all the monsters away, but which is going to cause the building to blow up. So now that she knows that the building is clear, she says she Scott, does it. Scott's giving me the go ahead. So let's do it. <laughs> Ready? Yes. Come on, Gene. Come here. Deal with me. I. And that's when they get fully encapsulated by these creatures. And then she blows them away, which blows up the building and destroys the creatures. There's an implication that they were very close to kissing. I think they might have actually kissed. I'm not sure. Gene, are you okay? Was it horrible? We get some silence, some more silence. And then Wolverine says, best time I've had in months. So, again, artistically and mood-wise, like, if you take all of that dialogue out, it really, it it's a good-looking uh, story. Yeah, I just didn't feel like it was a very good representation of Wolvie. Oh, no, not at all. No, terrible. So, take that out. Or put some other character in there and then do it. Uh, it's it, it Again, it, it looks good. It just It's not a good story. And then you're trying to figure out, like, well, where does this fit in context? Is this, like, after a couple of issues when they've all gotten back together? Is this before the whole thing when they went to Magneto's Volcano? Or does it just not matter? Basically, it just doesn't matter. Yeah. So there you have it folks there you have it indeed adam you got anything you want to add no i didn't do any extra supplemental reading this week until next time folks the danger room is closed
Just a chance for you to see your Western hospitality at the Calgary Stampede.